And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John I think we should talk about the Ruiz and Joshua fight first. All right, let's do it. Let's do that. Look, he wasn't the same guy. He wasn't the same. And people said because what? he came in overweight, <clears throat> he just wasn't the same guy. He, I think he carried himself like he was a first-time title defender, and he just was real hesitant. He didn't let. He didn't throw caution in the wind like he did the first time. He didn't pull the trigger. Now, I credit some of that to Joshua. Yeah. Bite stick in the jab. A lot of that goes to the other guy. Yeah, I I don't want to say a lot of it. I think a lot of it had to do with the nerves. The nerves was a lot I don't to agree. it. I don't agree. The one thing that I will I will blame Ruiz for is if when you're when you're planning for a fight, you got to go back and you watch what was happening in that first fight, especially if you've had that chance to be in in the ring with the opponent. And when Joshua was doing well in the first fight he was throwing out that jab and and smacking andy's head back but he was not elusive in his footwork he was pretty well planted and stationary with his footwork Mm -hmm. he would shuffle and he would slide a little bit but not a whole lot of footwork but it was when joshua got into the gunslinging mode of i'm gonna knock ruiz out that's when he got in trouble and that's what you know our last podcast i said he, he's got the ability to win this fight. Mm-hmm. He just needs to use his length, use that jab and lateral footwork. And the real question, and it's what I doubted in him. I knew he could do it. I just didn't know if he would stick to that plan for 12 rounds, saying, I'm going to get a decision. This is my way of beating this guy. He's got a great chin. I do not want to get into that gunfight with him. I want to be smart. I want to be tactical. I want to be a boxer. I'm not going to get into the brawl. That's how this guy can win. I'm not going to give him that. There was a couple moments in there. It got a little close. He kind of got suckered in, but you got to give Joshua credit. He was a composed matador inside of that ring. He moved his feet well. He didn't get pulled into the brawl, and that's why he won. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to have to agree to disagree. <laughs> Okay, I, I, I thought he did a lot of good things. Yeah, Joshua did his game plan. He, he performed his game plan very well. I just didn't see the same Ruiz we saw the first time where he threw caution in the wind. He didn't slip and counter. And when he did slip and counter and throw and come in and close in the distance, he in the first fight, he landed a lot of good shots. Also put himself in danger. That's why he got put on his ass. But this fight, he didn't do that. He kind of stayed, he stayed, not a lot of head movement. He didn't. He kind of waited for the jab to come out, tried to parry it and throw, but by then it was gone. He didn't try to slip and then go like he did in the first fight. I just, I do credit Joshua for the game plan. That, but they knew what that's what they had to do the first fight, and they didn't do that, and so that's why they they fixed it for this fight, which was great. Yeah. But I, I honestly believe there was so much for Ruiz. His, this is him. This is his first big title defense it's something he probably thought he would never be in, involved in and you're in, you're in wherever dubai saudi arabia anyways you're and you're in front of they built this tent for your fight like this is for your fight <laughs> um but i 
I, I think the I think the moment got to him. He just wasn't the same well, guy as he was in the first fight. I think I think in some ways you're probably right. He got he was tighter in the first fight. He's coming in last minute, and everyone is expecting him to lose. Yeah. So he's got nothing to lose. Yeah. But he fight he faced and he was fighting a different fighter yeah. in the first fight because Joshua was trying to put him out. Joshua was trying to put him away in that first fight. And so by doing that, he left himself open and that's how he got caught. And that's how he, and he got hurt. And when he got hurt, he wasn't able to recover off of it. He kept on getting hurt again and then again, and those just added up. And so, you know, I I give, uh, I give Joshua a lot of credit. He came in, he was a smart boxer. He, you know, he played the Floyd Mayweather. I'm going to be the matador. I'm going to let you, you know, you can have the center of the of the ring. I'm going to move around. You try to cut me off. I'm going to move off of the ropes. I'm going to hold at times. He held a lot. You know, I thought the referee didn't do a really good job yeah, with that. I did notice that. But very indecisive, know, that, that, very indecisive and, on when he wanted to break just, it. That just depends on the referee. When you have a boxer that is holding and Floyd Mayweather was a master at this. If he goes to hold and the other fighter, we'll say Ruiz in this situation, his hands are free as the referee, you let that guy go after him. Yeah. You let him hit him. You want to hold holding is illegal. His hands are free. And, and when you're refing it, you say, you know, your hands are free. Go after it, right? And that, that guy's going, hey, you don't go stop, break, any of that. You let him go and make that other guy say, stop holding. You know, yeah. And once, if he doesn't, and then the other guy's progression stops, that's when you stop and break him. Yeah. I, I thought it was a good fight. I thought it was a little, it wasn't, it just underperformed. But most of the time, so most of the time, the rematches either live up to it beyond it or they underperform. And this one was so, so hyped up and it underperformed. And like I said, a lot of it was because to me, Ruiz was very stiff. He didn't pull the trigger. And when he did pull the trigger, he landed some good, clean shots. And it, there was one time, I want to say somewhere in the 10th, I think it was, maybe the 9th or the 10th, he landed something that made Joshua's leg go a little stiff. And I was like, oh, yep. go get him. And then he kind of backed away. I'm like, no. Yelling at my <laughs> yelling at my TV, but um, you know, I am a little bit of a a little bit of a homer because I wanted Ruiz to win. That's okay, you know. But um, but look, I just all that stuff aside. But I think that fight right there showed me that Anthony Joshua is not ready for Wilder or Fury, either guy. I agree. He's not. I agree. He's not, and he's not on that level. He's he's there, but he just showed. If you got Ruiz. Hitting you, kind of grazing the head a little bit. He was getting a little wob—not wobbly, but his leg looked like it went stiff a little bit. And then he got back to his balance and kind of circled and stayed away. I just—I don't see him taking a clean, hard shot from someone like Wilder. Not many people can, by the way. But, but <laughs> okay, that's, you know, that's just not yeah. yeah I, was, I, I think there's been uh, how many yeah. two in his career that have lasted the distance? Wow, that's nuts, so, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm not. I, and as far as with um, with Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury is just the speed, the output. We saw last night as the fight went on, uh, Joshua slowed down a little bit. Ruiz just didn't pull the trigger. Had he pulled the trigger more earlier and often, I think that he could have potentially in the ten, the eighth, ninth, tenth rounds, I mean, started stealing the fight a little bit. But he just didn't do it enough early to set the tempo and the pace for Joshua to, to have to fight from behind a little bit. And that never happened. He just gave away the first three or four rounds easily, at least five or six rounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that and I was just five, like, what are easy. you doing? What are you doing? Pull well, the trigger. I, I, 
I and I was okay with that because I understand what he's trying to do. Yeah, he's trying to say, hey, okay, you're you've got this plan. I know what you're going to try to do. Yeah, you're going to win these rounds, but then when you start to break out of that, I'm going to start laying into you. And it just didn't happen for him. But I do see, like you're saying, Tyson Fury. I think gives Joshua fits. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. the size and the length. He oh. doesn't have that advantage against him. And, uh, and Fury sh- just moves too well. He's yeah. got. He's too elusive. You know, he may. You know, a lot of people, I guess, don't like him. I love him. I, I love think, him. Oh, he's the best. He is so goddamn funny. He's so good. He's yeah. a hell of a boxer. Yeah. You know? No, I mean, I. He's, so let me ask you this though: Given that performance last night, do we see a rematch of Joshua and Ruiz for three? Yeah, I, I think eventually you're going to, but I think because of the performance that was put on in by Ruiz actually in that fight, it's not going to happen right away. It's not. It's not going to yeah. be the same thing. And and look, that's Eddie Hearn. That's his guy yeah, in Joshua. Course. He's not going to put him against him right away. He's going to look for other things. But the problem is, Eddie Hearn knows. I don't want to put him against Fury, and I don't want to put him against Wilder. Nope. So who are you going to pick? Yeah. Because yep. there's not, you know, those are the guys out there, and and those guys both have the claim. You can sit there and have however many belts you want. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wilder's the WBC champion, and Fury is, we'll say, the linear champion whose belts were taken from him. Yeah. You know, People are going to look and say, yeah, you've got those. Those guys are the real champions. Those are the guys right there. Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like Fury should have beat Wilder in that in that last fight. They should have given him the decision. But I can understand it being as close as it was. I, I just, I for me, it's... Two that, knockdowns. Two knockdowns. Big difference. But he won He won every round almost except for the two knockdown rounds. Yeah, but those two knockdowns <laughs> changes. You can win a lot of rounds. You're losing those, and you're losing them by twice the amount of points, basically. Still only four. And no, it's not for it. <laughs> up, all he has to do is win two rounds, and that's what you came up with in even fight. Yeah, it was horrible. <laughs> horrible, horrible. That was a great fight. Loved it. I it was a great fight. I'm glad we're gonna. Yeah. I think apparently we're gonna see it here again shortly. I mean, I don't know about yeah. shortly, but coming up soon. So I mean, like for me stylistically, I've heard that the winner of Wilder and Fury will end up fighting Joshua pretty much next. But I hope, I just hope that it's Fury, not because I'm a Fury fan. I just think stylistically, Fury and Joshua make for a fun and more entertaining fight versus Wilder, who's just going to plot, plot, plot and knock Joshua the fuck out. It's going to be What's done. wrong with that? <laughs> I, I want to see a good fight, not someone just get starched by round four oh, or I'd five. I'd love to see you guys get starched. Yeah. What are you talking about, it'll man? Be, oh, it'll be, I think it'll be over quick. Josh will be yeah. over quick. I, I don't know if they, I don't know if Dazone. I don't know if you know uh, and Joshua and those guys are. They're not. They're not ready to take that fight. Fury. I could see them taking. I think they think and believe there's a chance and opportunity for them to beat him. While they're at, at, like you said, he's only got to be good for one second of one that's one it. second of one round out of the twelve rounds, and <laughs> that's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. He's proven that. He, he's proven he, that. Oh, dude. The first time against Ortiz, mm-hmm. you know, but he's, you know, I've, I've been there with uh, Deontay when he's fighting. He is special, and he's yeah. so long because he's not that heavy. No, he's like, what, he's 213, about, 214? Yeah, 218 yeah. at the top, you'd yeah. say, and he's six, you know, and he is six seven, <sighs> at least, and his his arms are so, he's got such a reach, and it's uh it's fun to watch him, I just and he's getting better. Yeah. He's, he's just becoming a better and better boxer he understands more 
He slips more. He does everything just better, and yeah. it's just continuing on. So it's going to be interesting. You know, those three guys make the heavyweight division interesting, and it hasn't been interesting since basically, you know, Holyfield Tyson times. Mm-hmm. I would I wouldn't mind seeing Fury and Ruiz also. That might be for a good fight. I don't know about that one. You know? Yeah. Who knows? We'll I'd see. Like to see. Yeah. I, I, I like the excitement of having, you know, the Mexican guy in there. Ruiz in there doing his thing. Well, I like the excitement Fury's of Fury's the Mexican guy, too. What are you talking? Didn't you see his last fight? He oh, came geez. in wearing a sombrero, too. Yeah. It, it, that means Mayweather was a Mexican, too, right? <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh. I think he's from Monterey. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> Man, the cut on the lip heard round oh, the world. That was a good one. Oh, God, that was disgusting. Disgusting. Ah, beautiful. I was thinking. It was beautiful. I was thinking right away he's going to have to have plastic surgery tonight. Tonight. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. As soon as I looked at it, I said, yeah, that's oh. going to take a little bit more than the doctor in the back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's just put a couple stitches in it. No, yeah, gonna... you know what? Dude, like three. Oh, man. That's all you needed. Three stitches in that bad boy. Hook it together. Look good. There was nothing Perfect. to hook together. It was like, <laughs> looked like roast beef hanging off his lip. <laughs> I was like, I thought uh, I thought he was eating an Arby sandwich. Dude, he was, and and the barbecue sauce was all over. Oh man, I felt so bad for him. I just, uh, I mean, like people were trying to compare it to the Robbie Lawler one. I was like, no way, it's way worse. Like Robbie's was a clean cut. Yeah, Robbie's was a straight slice. Yeah, and and that one was jagged, and and you could tell that was a pressure. It was a pressure. Yeah, cut. That was right. It was that that shot hitting pressed that skin and that part of his. Against his mouthpiece and teeth and jawline, up his upper jaw, man, and it just the pressure split it that way. So happens. Yeah, I feel bad for Alistair. You yeah. never want a guy to get hurt like that, but it's superficial. Let's be honest. Yeah, you know I, the the worst part is his brain got scrambled. Yeah, but you know, look, he was on it. He was on his way to win in that fight too. Yeah, he's not going to get any sympathy me sympathy from me with the whole cut lip. He's married to like a a playboy model or something like that right some super hot <laughs> fucking runway model he's not getting any sympathy from me okay like he's fine he's yeah he's gonna do just fine. yeah he's just fine look um yeah I, I i i fell for him because i mean he's been around a long time and i've been a i've been around with him at strike force days and before that even pride days and some other stuff like he's just he's been around a long time let me i wanted to yep. ask you this though and I've always been a big fan of his uh, with Alistair. But I wanted to ask you this. Was it an early stoppage? You know, I have no problem with the actual stoppage. Uh-huh. And and the reason why is what happened with the actual stoppage is when Alistair popped up. But when you saw him pop up, what did he do? Stumbled. He stumbles over, and that's when Dan called it. The, the problem, if you're going to look and say, was there a problem with the stoppage? Yes. There kind of was, and and I I, I never I don't want to pick on Dan in this. But all, you do but, it so well. I don't. That's not it. It's, you know, this is one <laughs> no. of those. It's so hard to be Dan in that yes. situation, and for people to understand what is going through his mind right there, because he comes in when you know Jarzino hits Alistair, and Alistair goes down. Dan is coming in, and he's trying to pass over the spacing of those two guys, and he's trying to see because he's looking at Alistair. He's Mm -hmm. not looking at Jarzino, 
and Jarzino stops, and Dan comes into him, and his hands touch Jarzino, uh, and that basically tells Jarzino, oh, that's the referee. Yeah. Puts his hands up and starts walking away. Dan had not called the fight, so I was really glad, honestly, that Alistair didn't just pop up and stand there. There was that stumble because that yeah. gave Dan the ability to say, okay, I'm not going to let you go on in the fight. But he could have, you know, knowing because he knew that that, you know, the 10-second clappers went off, he is counting down in his head. So he knows that there's only like five seconds left in this yeah. round when he calls the fight. So he's calling it based upon the safety of Alistair Overeem. A lot of people aren't going to like it. I don't have a problem. I love the stoppage because not only because I'm a fan of Alistair, but there was just no reason to take another clean, hard shot. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. It wasn't like he hit the fence and had his hands up in front of his face, was ready to block or fall off to the side and and take the fetal position and you know survive for the next four seconds. He literally was starched. He hit the ground and was just stuck there like stoned. And then he, and then when he walked off, he went to get up and then he stumbled. All those things that you said, I just think to myself, I'm glad you didn't take another clean shot. And the yeah, me too. And the actual overall. As a ref, as far as with Dan, like he looked at, if I was him, I would have looked at Alshon and seen his lip just busted hanging there. <laughs> I don't, th I'll bet money that Dan did not even really notice the lip. Wow. At that moment, that's not, it, it's almost like it becomes, you just, you don't see those things that yeah. bad. It's no different than, you know, I saw when uh, Vitor Belfort fought Marvin, Marvin Eastman. Eastman and that giant cut on his you know and i saw the knee land and i saw he was hurt and i went in and stopped it never even saw that cut until all of a sudden i, I turn him right and i go oh yeah that doesn't look good either <laughs> nasty but, you know, that was nasty yeah. he had like a vagina on his forehead it was no, I, that's so what, big what, was it, what was it, what was it that? <laughs> it was joe so... rogan goes it was a goat's vagina yeah it was... and, I'm th and i'm thinking how would you know what one looks like joe <laughs> joe <laughs> I mean, you know, Joe has the primal fear uh, kettlebells and stuff. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> you know maybe he's going to come out with a goat one soon. <laughs> but uh, he'll come out with a goat look, and just keep on swinging it away. It's so fun. <laughs> I mean, I felt the overall fight to me was very lackluster, very boring. It was. But but yeah. the way that it finished, it definitely brought some excitement to the crowd. And I thought but you got to look at, you know, again, game planning. It was a very smart game plan for Alistair. Yes. And going against, you know, the guy he was facing, a yep. guy that's very explosive with his hands, explosive with kicks, yep. strong, take him into the area where he's weak. And that's what Alistair was trying to do or being successful in yep. doing in the first part of that fight. Yeah, I, I was really surprised that we didn't see, because Alistair for the longest time has one of the most um, – I think underrated like arm and guillotines, guillotines, and he just didn't. Oh, he's got a great guillotine. I didn't see any of that last night from him, any in any of those times where he was in the top position. And I was expecting him to try to get that front headlock, maybe even fall off to the side, maybe hit the guillotine from there. I didn't see any of the submission attempts that I thought I would see. Nah. He was just hitting, and as the fight went on, you could tell who someone who never really tries to wrestle 
tried to wrestle for five rounds. Had it been a three-round fight, he would have walked away with it. But the fact that he oh, yeah. had to try to wrestle for five rounds, and Josh Koscheck used to say this all the time, you can't teach a grown man how to wrestle. But I thought he was doing a good job. But as you get into the fight fourth and five, in the fourth and fifth round, it's hard to keep that pace of not only just staying on your feet, kicking, punching, kneeing, all those things, but then trying to do something you don't normally do or you haven't done for the longest time. And so yeah. I, just, I think it affected how he was. If you saw in that, I saw towards the end of the fourth, going into the fifth, he looked exhausted. He well, looked exhausted. I, I agree. I, don't, I do not agree with Josh. Yes, you can teach a grown man how to wrestle. Yeah, GSP's walking proof. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. But what you can't teach them is how to relax yep. in those positions and how to let things flow, that comes just with time and yeah. doing something over and over in the practice room. That's a hard thing to get, and I think that's what cost yeah. Alistair to get tired. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because like <clears throat> during one camp, you can't drill it and train it enough to make sure that yeah. it's good for a five-round fight. It just, it's it. not going to happen. Especially Especially a five rounder. Yep, yep. And then now you have someone like GSP. You you can tell to this day is still religious about his workouts. And so you can just imagine when it came down in time for him to learn how to wrestle, he was in that wrestling room. And I do recall several times people were hitting me up saying that he was a, he was training over there at Simon Fraser, which is one of the best freestyle wrestling gyms up in Canada. And yeah. uh, when I was at North Idaho College, we used to wrestle them, and they were phenomenal, man, absolutely phenomenal. So I knew when he went in there that he was getting some really good work with some really good top-level wrestlers. And, uh, you know, and the fact that he was able to pick it up. But uh, Alistair, all these years, older body, he didn't, he's not, he didn't start trying to learn wrestling when he was, you know, 28, 29. In that age, he's tried learning it now as he's getting a little bit older, having to use it in, a, in, the, in the fight now as he's older. Just it, for a five-round fight, it's just too hard, man. Way yeah. too hard. Alistair's got a lot of mileage on him. Mm. You know, he's got a lot of fights. I, I can, you know, when you go back and you look at look at Alistair when he was a light heavyweight. Yep. And then he became Uberim. All right. And I mean, horse I'm meat. telling you, horse meat. When horse I, meat. <laughs> horse all, meat. all about the horse meat, man. When I was when I was doing his fights when he was Uberim, he was scary. <laughs> scary strong you watched him toss heavyweights he would just just spin them yeah. around he would just do things and he would walk through everything and they would hit him and he would hit them and you would see this look on their face like holy shit i yeah. can't have that happen again you know and he would see it too and he would just march him down and at one point man he was as dangerous a guy as you could face yeah I didn't like him during the Ubering part because I obviously I think there was a lot of insinuation <laughs> that he was cheating, but with horse meat. But coming I just, from Josh, yeah, I just <laughs> it, it wasn't. That's not the reason why. Uh, is I I hated seeing a guy who was was really exciting to watch fight at two oh five. Who was super athletic, was a great kickboxer, had great knees, great elbows, all those things. I enjoyed watching him fight at 205. He went to Uberim and he was just really stiff. He, he just he was he, he, he couldn't, it wasn't as mobile as he used to be. It just yeah. wasn't the same guy. And I was like, this is not, this is not fun to watch. Like you're just, you're smashing these guys because you're physically now, you're just so big. 
and it just but there was no it was very stiff and not it just wasn't good didn't there was no finesse to the way he was fighting anymore where, where before he was he there was a lot of finesse to him he was good and then oh, yeah. and then you know now we're seeing a little bit more of that but i still think he's kind of adopted that uberim style where he thinks he's he's very he's still kind of a little stiff you know I don't know if it's the age or what, but he's not the guy that he was when he was two hundred five, and I, I kind of miss I mean, that guy. Look at what look at what he accomplished in his career. Yeah, uh, you know, look at that. He was a K one Grand Prix champion. All right, you yeah. remember his knockout against Badahari? No, I I yeah. didn't. I missed that fight. I was oh. so mad. Yeah, I you missed know, it. it. So I mean, he's had moments. You look and you go, man, that dude has had a career because, you know, I'm guessing he's at sixty fights in MMA. Mm-hmm. And then take a look at all the kickboxing, man. That that guy's got a lot of mileage on him, and he's still, he's still damn good. Yeah, you know, I just don't want to see him take a lot more damage. That uh, that scares me. He's, yeah, he's been that that knockout that he suffered from Francis Ngannou. That that was one of the scariest damn you know snapping of the heads I've Ugh. ever seen. Yeah, the back of his head, I think, hit his spine, like <laughs> his back. It did. That was disgusting. I I, th- I thought it was a. It was weird. I'm mean, talking about whiplash. That was just nasty. Um, there was, I believe, there was two majority draws last night, right? There were Cynthia Cavillo and her, the girl that she fought, Rodriguez, right? Well, Marina, Marina, Marina Rodriguez. Her, yeah. and then, um, and then there was another one. What was the other one? Yeah, that was uh, Stamen, Cody Stamen. Yes, 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 yes. Yep. What, see what was your take on that? I thought they were right. Really? Yeah, and the reason, the reason they're right, and this people get all upset. The, the Cody Stamen fight, you got to look in. Uh, Kevin Mulhall took a point mm-hmm. for uh, the knee on the ground. Okay. And you, as the referee, you've got to be very selective and judicious in taking a point. And the reason you take points is usually to even things out, try to even things out. Try to bring things back to a, a, a neutral for both fighters. The problem with with him taking the point the way he did, no doubt about it. I, I'm trying to. I can't think of the Chinese fighters' uh, name song, starts with a Y. Song, song, Yang Zedong, or Yang Yang Dong. Song Yedong. Yeah, yeah, song Yedong. Song Yedong. Song Yeah. Yedong song. Yedong song. You know, he goes and and he he throws an illegal knee. He does. No doubt about it. Did he intend to do it? Yes, because he threw it. Yeah. Because he wasn't thinking about the position. So the intent is there. Now, the the real question is the effect. How hard did he hit him? Mm -hmm. And you can watch it and you can see he touched him, but he didn't hit him and he didn't hurt him. So what effect did that blow have in the fight? Doesn't have a big effect. But then you can go back and you can go to the next fight coming up where we had Stefan Struve gets hit with one shot to the groin, the first shot, mm-hmm. and no point is taken when there's a great effect. So in the taking of the point in the Stamen fight, you're looking and I'm going, probably shouldn't have taken that point. Ooh. And if he didn't take it, you wouldn't have had the majority because what happened is the judges went with uh, Song in that first round, yep. they went with Song in the second round, and they went with Stamen in the third, but because the first round ended up being even based upon the point deduction, that's how you end up with a draw. Got it. Same thing with Cavio. 
You got Marina Rodriguez is winning that first round and that second round. But the difference is in the third round, Cynthia just puts it on her and the judges gave a 10-8 round to Cavillo. Yeah. You can look at she yeah. took a, she put her she in did. a lot of positions. <clears throat> she pounded the shit out of her. It's a 10-8 round. That becomes a draw. It's understandable. I have no problem with either one. Interesting that you say that. Um, the statement fight and song fight, like to me, I, I I just didn't know how to judge the first round because I, I you're right, I had song winning the I had song winning the first round, but I didn't. Okay. I, I believe we're on a ten plus ten point must system, right? Yeah. So, so you got so song gets ten points. Okay. Statement gets nine. Okay. I take one point away for that point deduction, so now it's nine nine. Got it. Got it. Okay. 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 So I was just still under the impression that you, someone had to still get ten, even with the he deduction. Did. With the deduction, he did get ten, and then you deduct. Deduct. Okay. Okay. So the deduction is after the the ten nine round was ruled. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. See, fighters, we don't know this shit. I just go out and fight. <laughs> I just go that's out and it. fight, and that's, that's all, all you gotta yeah, do. I don't try to worry about the scores. Let that shit figure itself out. Um, and as far as the Cynthia Cavill, I can see how the the round, the third round could have been a ten eight. I mean, she, look, she she whooped she that would, ass she, in the third yeah, round. Yeah, she was. She did get it. She yeah. finally got it. She together. went after it. I give her credit. Yeah. I like the way she, you know, she was, you know. There was all kinds of things she could have done, but she decided I'm going to sit there and go after a heavy ground pass. She yeah. hit her with a lot of big she shots. She did. She had her in trouble. I'll give it to you know Marina was tough throughout it. I thought Marina definitely won the first and the second. Got it. And then she got herself out of that. I man, that's a tough girl. You know, I, I was actually glad to see that fight end up the way it did, as because that's the way it, it really deserved to be. Yes, Marina won the majority of the fight. But in the time that Cavillo had in that third round, she was putting an ass whooping on her. Do you take any weight in the fact that, no pun intended, that Cynthia Cavillo didn't make weight? <laughs> well, as a judge, you don't, that has nothing to do with what Yeah, you I do. understand what you're saying. But from your, from, from being the outside looking in as, as a spectator or someone like us sitting in this situation now talking about it, what do you think? Like, does it, did that have some effect as the fifth, Absolutely. as the third round, as the third round Absolutely. went on? I had a deal now with someone who was five pounds, five and a half pounds overweight for two rounds, and I dominated. But then, guess yep. what? That five pounds played a different, and I got more tired in the third because of that. This is why we thought, you know, when we were talking about that weight cut and the fact that she didn't have to go through that five pounds yeah. of torture, stress, and torture, mm -hmm. and then you know she's not going to come back as good you know after losing that and just everything yeah. it is the difference and that's you know we talk about how many times have you seen a fighter not make weight and then win the fight yeah the majority of the time the fighter that doesn't make weight wins the fight because yeah. it's just there's an advantage there yeah Interesting. You did talk about Struve and um, Rothwell, for, Rothwell. A, for a little bit, yeah. but I want to touch back on that. <clears throat> I we talked about we were texting each other through this fight last night, and it, all <laughs> yeah, three, all three of us, all three of us, and I was just like, I was hoping Struve on the second time would have just <laughs> said, "Look, it's done. I'm done. I've been kicked in the nuts now twice, very hard, and I'm done." And just would have walked away and just look. Let's just fight another time. This fight's not anywhere near being equal anymore. 
Okay, I've yeah. taken two nasty ball shots, and yep. you could tell the first one was pain. It took the full five minutes. Oh my and god! He took four minutes of the of the second one, and then I just felt that he let the crowd talk him into taking. Come on, continuing the crowd was fighting. Awesome during they, it. They were though. They, they were. Every time he would stand up, they go. Yeah. Oh! Every yep. time he'd bend over. Oh! oh yep. Yep. <laughs> Yep, and if I was him, as if I was him, I would have flipped the crowd off and said, "I'm not fighting anymore." No way, man! Take my money and run. Like, it just in that scenario, you're not getting the same fighter anymore. Like, oh no, it, you could tell it, it was affecting his it, like up into his it, stomach. Did it alter him? A hundred percent. One hundred percent. He just yeah. he wasn't the same fighter after no. the first one. He wasn't the same fighter. Then when he got the second one, it just it just you could tell he just was out of it. Done. And it's 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 not only physically, it's mentally. Mm -hmm. Mentally, you start to lose it. Yep. You know, and, and you think you know, all these thoughts start to go through your mind. I'm I'm getting you know he's cheating. I'm getting hit with the illegal stuff. It's starting to bother you, mm -hmm. and your mind just starts to go off. And the, the real question for that, and you know, this is back on you know Dan. And again, I love Dan, so I hate saying anything bad, but he cannot do what he did can't do it i understand why he wants to what did he, he do wants... well, explain to me what he did because I, I actually wasn't during that time i just walked away from the tv while they were doing the nut talk conversation what what he did after, on the second uh incident mm -hmm. he was you know stefan was finally done rolling on the ground and kind of was leaning up <laughs> up against the <laughs> done gauge. rolling on the ground uh, i can understand why he was yeah. but and dan is looking at him and stefan is saying well you know What's going to be, what's, you know, what, what, what do we do here? And Dan basically is telling him, look, it wasn't intentional, but I'm going to take a point. And he's telling him, I'm going to take a point, but we're in the second round. So if you can't go on, then it's going to be a no contest. And you've got to get past the second round for me to go to the scorecards and for there to be a technical decision here. But I'm telling you, I think you're up. Oh, you can't say that. <laughs> you can't do that. You can't say you know, that. I think you've won those you know, the, those rounds. And it's like, Dan, you can't you, do that. No. Stop. And, and I, I understand what he's doing. He's trying. Dan is a good guy. Yeah. He really is. He's yeah. got a great heart. And when he thinks someone has been cheated, he wants to help him. Yeah. And... In this situation, he can't do that. No. You have got to remain neutral. You've got to tell Stefan, hey, take your time. I will give you all the time you need up to the five minutes to get yourself back. You know, you don't talk about, I'm going to take points. Mm. You don't talk about, I think you're winning because it really doesn't matter what you think. No, it doesn't. Because the judges could have gone the opposite way. And then if it he ends up making it through the fight and it's decision, all of a sudden, the decision goes to Rothwell. Screw's mm. gonna look at you like, "What the hell, dude?" Yeah. You, know, you, you just can't do those mm. things. You've got to sit there, and there's things you can do. You know, you can talk to the fighters. You can say, "Hey, man, I, I saw it. Take your time. Tell me when you're good. All of that." But you don't talk about if you're gonna take a point. You don't talk about what the outcome of the fight is gonna be, whether they go on or yeah. if they stop in this moment. That has no consideration. The only consideration we have is, is the fighter healthy enough to continue on in the fight? That's it. 
So that was that was a mistake. You know, it's it's a mistake from the heart because he mm-hmm. wants to you know kind of give him something because he feels like he's been wronged. He just can't do it. Yeah, I, <clears throat> you and I have talked about this overseas about how the ref's job, the judge's job, is very to, to remain very impartial. Like, you yep. cannot take a side, choose a side. You can't even insinuate that you are on someone's side. You can't even show some sort of friendship or whatever it is, like, throughout the fight. Like, this is it. We're, I, you're sure I know you, but we are not yeah. We are not boys. We are not boys. Nope. We are not, you're not, if you're a girl fighter, we're not, you're not my girlfriend, like a friend. You know what I mean? You're not that. <laughs> so it just has to, this is, it's very neutral. I'm just here to make sure it's that hard, both fighters are taking care of safety-wise. It's a hard position to be, and people have, you know, they think, oh, it's so cool. It's like, no, sometimes mm-hmm. it freaking sucks. Yeah. You know, because you know, I can, I, I tell people all the time, man, I never cared about who won or who lost a fight because I, I looked at it in the fact that, man, you know, that's between these guys. And, and I always looked and said, neither one. You know, I there was guys I knew before, you know, they were fighting in the UFC. And it's like, neither one needs me to help mm-hmm. them. My job is to be fair. And if something happens, to deal with it in the appropriate fashion. Yeah. You know, it's like I did, you know, your fights. Always liked you. Didn't care if you won or lost. That was up to you. You're such a liar. You know? You care. You care. You care. No. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of those things. I understand what you're saying. Also, too. That's the way you got to look at yeah, it. Yeah, you can't have your emotions involved into one nope. side or the other. You've really just got to call the fight down the middle. And that's fair. But, like, honestly, we know as fighters what we signed up for. We signed up that I'm going to get in the cage and be prepared as I possibly can. Yeah. And this person's going to come in and be prepared as they possibly can. And the best man that night is going to walk out. And that, that's, that's, the, that's the way the fight should be. You know? And... um. And I, but I think fighters, once you decide to sign that contract, you, like you, we've talked about, your obligations are to make weight, make sure that you're in shape, and you come in there and put on an entertaining fight. Go out there and get a win. Like that's your that's job. It. They know like it's really not that complicated. That's the one thing about fighting that's not really that complicated. If you no. win, winning solves everything. If you don't, if, <laughs> yeah, it's it it's true, right? Like oh, you're bitching and whining about oh you don't get a title shot. Well, keep winning. You'll get keep there. Keep winning. You'll get keep one. winning. You'll get there. Yeah, you yeah. don't need to argue and whine and cry. Well, I deserve one over that guy. Who cares? Win your next fight, and guess what? We may get there. That's it. Winning, well, what, winning what, solves everything. One of the things that I, I want to go back on when it comes to the Struve and uh, mm-hmm. Rothwell, that first groin shot, I would have taken a point. And again, do I believe that Ben Rothwell intentionally hit him to the groin? No, I don't believe that he intentionally mm-hmm. did it, but he did it, and he did it, and it had such an effect mm-hmm. on Stefan Struve that I've got to take a point to try to bring that playing field back to level because Ben through the use of an illegal blow has has received an advantage in the fight Interesting. that's when you start to take the point to try to even things out and but, so that would have been a point I would have taken a point from him then and so then in the second one now it's a consideration are you going to take more points or are you going to take him out of the fight wow but then that concerns me a little bit when you say that because there are some fighters I won't say any names, but there are people that will sometimes over exaggerate how bad it was. Yeah, but you, over exaggeration is not part of the equation. I've had guys over exaggerate it, and I take nothing. But when I see a guy and you hear it and you yeah. can see the you you know the ones that hit somebody hard. Yeah, 
You know, if you're paying attention and you're looking where you're supposed to be looking and you're seeing the fight and that shot goes off, you know the difference between the ones that hit really hard and the ones that glanced over and the guys he's wanting to, you know, get something for it. You go, that ain't going to happen. It's something you, you know, you got to get experience in figuring out which is the one that you will take the point, which is the one you won't. Yeah, I fought Kid Yamamoto in Hawaii in a show called Shogun, and Sean Shelby was the uh, match. Yeah, and you kicked him in the nuts. I kicked him in the nuts so hard. You could hear the crack of the cup. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, incidentally, it came to me. He's like, he's like, you actually broke his cup. And he was, yeah. I started laughing because he was wearing like one of those old plastic, you know, the plastic cups. And I was like, who the fuck yep. wears plastic cups when they're fucking fighting? I've, I've worn a steel cup my whole career. There's not one time I've worn a plastic cup. Like, stupid, yep. dumb. I don't understand. I agree. Yeah, steel cups all I the agree. way, buddy. I never really yep. care for the sh- the tight string at my ass, but no, like, but but it's a lot better than losing a nut. <laughs> 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 oh jeez, man. Oh man. What? How a- about I- go ahead? Had the second twister submission in the UFC ever, and I will say, let's go back to the first one. The first one was who? No, Korean I, zombie oh, against that's right. That's right. Leonard Garcia. And who was the referee? You. Dan Mirgalata. Oh, Dan, Dan Mirgalata <laughs> has had both. Wow. Of the uh Twister submissions in the UFC. Lucky so guy. Bri- Bryce Mitchell pulled that off. That was a hell of a hell of a submission. I was doing some I think I was like uh I don't know, I think I was barbecuing or doing something while the fight was kind of playing in the background. I didn't really start paying attention until we got later into the card, so excuse me, guys. Sorry, I didn't wasn't doing my job. Um, but no, I did. I did see the highlights of it. I did see that part, and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty impressive." Um, it's so funny. One of the last, I think, for one of my last one or two fights, I was training with Islam Makachev, and that f- fucking guy caught me in that fucking submission. I was so mad. I like, I got up and I was like, and I was just like, "You." F- yeah, because I hadn't been caught in, in like in a while. I hadn't been caught by a, in a submission in a while at training AK with all the guys. And he just, he leg laced me and locked me in. I couldn't get away. And he just hit, he just slowly put the arm over my head and just, they're over his head and just sucked it in. I was like, you piece of shit. You but don't give him that arm, baby, no, man. That arm's staying. I didn't have a choice. He just, he's just so physically strong. He's just like, whoop. I was like, ah. But he's an animal, man. And so, uh, yeah, he's got a great submission game, but that was, I think, the only time I've ever. That's the only time I've ever been caught in that. But he was running around the gym bragging everyone for a while. I said, "I'm gonna get you back one of these days, buddy." Yeah, I so. thought it was it was it was funny because you had a DC was one of the cars, and as soon as he sees, he goes, "He's got a guillotine," and he's and and DC is right. Yes, if you're talking about that's a move from wrestling. Yeah, and it's called the guillotine from wrestling, yes. but. From MMA, it was switched over into the Twister. Yes. And so uh, it was funny that DC called it a guillotine because I was like, everyone's thinking, um, what are you what are you talking what about? You I'm going, talk- no, he's, he's right. Yeah. <laughs> he's right. so funny. I loved, was- I love listening to DC. Look, I, the, the fact that you brought up DC right now, I'm going to kind of go back a little bit to, sorry, I'm going to go back a little bit, um, or not go back, but I just want to talk real quick about Andy Ruiz and Anthony Joshua again. Just to talk about the commentary. The commentary was horrendous. It was so one-sided. I was having a hard time watching the fight. I almost turned the volume off so I could enjoy 
the fight without having to hear Joshua this, Joshua that, Joshua this. Jo I think I heard them say Ruiz's name maybe 10 times throughout the fight of anything positive that ever came out of their mouth. It was, it was, it was really, it was upsetting for me to listen to that. It was bad. Why do you it think was, it was? But but you got it. You got to be honest about why. Yeah, I understand why they didn't. Like they, the Josh was their guy. They want to build. They, yeah, you know, they've well, got his, to do look, it. It's the zone. Who do they have the yeah. contract with? Yes, with Josh. Yeah. They, they want it to be him. I get it. Yeah. But let's let's still call the fight. Like I oh, I, I, I feel yeah. I feel like commentators should be like refs. You should be impartial. Like, sure, you have guys that you want to pump, and but let's still try to call the fight like as if it was. Man, this guy's doing a really good job. I'm very impressed with this guy. You know, or call it, call it both. Call ways. it both ways. And I yeah. just I was having a hard time. A, a lot. And I understood in the first four to five rounds because Joshua was running away with it. I got yeah. it. I understood that. But I didn't hear any answers of why they thought or how Ruiz should have started doing something. What does he need to do to they, change this up? They didn't do any of that. It just Joshua, I'm so impressed with the way he's sticking in jab. He's following his game plan. He talked about it. He didn't do it last time. I was just getting I was getting to the point where, like, look, you guys have said this already five or six times. Let's move on to maybe how and Ruiz And you're pissing could, me off. Yeah. I mean, obviously my guy was losing, so I was a little upset. I wasn't I wasn't mad about that per se as much as I was mad at the fact that like it should be impartial. Like when you're listening, yeah. it should be impartial. And last night or yesterday afternoon, I was just like, ah, it's hard to watch this. And I feel like if you're gonna have a great promotion or you're gonna have a, a huge fight like that, you gotta make sure the guys are splitting the line. I mean, I don't care if it's 70-30, but it was like 95-5. It was bad. <laughs> I mean, like the conversation pieces were just bad. And anyways, that's my rant, you guys. I'm going I'm going on a rant and just, you know. Um, that's your commentator rant. Yeah, that's my like commentator, commentator rant. Yeah. But I mean that's the one thing I love about DC. DC has his favorites, but DC to me I feel like is is very impartial. He does say the good things about what the other person is doing very well. And I gotta tell you, John Anik really grown on me when i first had listened to john anik i was like yeah i don't know but he has truly grown on me I, i've enjoyed listening to him as of lately as well i mean probably for like the last you know year or so but I, that whole that whole that whole crew now i feel like has kind of come into their own they got you know dom you got dc you've got uh who they have last night with them paul felder, paul felder. felder. you know I, yeah. I i'm still on the fence about him he's got good points got some bad you know but like Little, I don't know if it's his voice, a little over the top sometimes, but he—you could tell he's a, he's very knowledgeable and a very good guy. Obviously, a very yeah. good guy, super nice guy. But anyways, that's my rant, I thought, guys. I thought it was very uh, touching because you know they had the whole thing because of Stuart Scott. Yes, and uh, the when they had DC trying to talk about Percy, yeah, his dad, yeah, and and you know you can see he's trying to hold it back, man. And I'm like, it's all right, man. Don't worry about it. You're yeah. doing great, you know. And he's talking about, you know, a guy that came into his life and, you know, made things good for him and yeah. you know, taught him how to be a man. And I just loved the, everything he said. And I thought it was very nice that both of those guys on that night, I, no one wants to lose anyone to cancer. No. You know, I lost my stepdad to pancreatic cancer, same as Paul Felder's dad died. And it's a nasty disease. And I really felt, you know sorry for both guys as they were talking about, you know, their dads, but it was very nice to see how, you know, DC is just, he's that, he's, he's a bubbly teddy bear and, and, you know, he can, uh, he can put his emotions out there. I love when he said, you taught me how to be a man. You taught me how to be a father. You taught me how to be a husband. Thank you. You know, and I just, yeah. good job there, Daniel. It's, it's, um, it's, it's hard to be put on the spot like that in front of millions. Yeah. 
and to it, you don't want to say too much because those are your personal feelings about someone you cared about and you don't want to ex for most people they don't want to let their true emotions out in front of everyone because those are things that you carry deep inside you you know those special moments you have with your father your mother your grandparents yeah, it hasn't been it that long you know and it hasn't been long at all you know and um yeah i i, I do agree with you i agree with you that it it's it was great to listen to him say it. I, I actually talked to him shortly after uh, his dad passed, and he's, you know, he, he handled like a, he handled like a, like any son would. You know, emotional, obviously, but very, very strong, very strong yep. man, very strong guy, and just all around, just a fucking amazing guy. And I don't want to sit here and toot DC's horn any more than he already gets tooted by himself. But he's he's absolutely one of he's absolutely honestly. Him, it's so weird. Him and Kane, you know, um, we had such a good group of guys at AK. DC, uh, DC, him, Kane, Luke, and Fitch. You know, even as much as fucking people want to hate Koscheck, the guy had his moments, man. I loved being around the guy, and we had a good group of guys. You know, all of them, man. It was phenomenal to be in that. In that, I mean, Bob Cook and Javier, and it was a family. Bobby Southworth, of all people, you know, like even Bobby. Bobby was a great guy, man. Just Trevor Prangley, even Knucklehead Phil Baroni, you know. It's like, but all those guys, I just feel like I, I can't imagine like all the steps of my life. Majority of them have helped me out in some point, some way. Even Baroni, believe it or not. Okay, even that guy, you know, at some point, he's the one that came up with my diet plan. You know, for how I started getting, how how I got leaner, how I kept my weight in check, how my weight cuts became easier. You know, he gave me like this bodybuilder workout diet plan, but I just made some changes throughout camps to make myself leaner. I mean, these guys are just, they really truly are just normal human beings, just with, you know, got families and parents. And it was, it was great to hear him say the things he did about his dad last night. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I, want, I want to tell you. And uh, Dave, thank you very much for allowing me to uh, watch <laughs> uh, the uh, the super fight between uh, Tito and uh, Alberto, El Patron, El de Rodriguez, Del Rio, every name. Uh, thank you very much. Yep. I appreciate that one, man. This is... <laughs> This is what we call Dave, Dave and I like to call this bootleg links. Yep, we bootleg actually link. we're gonna start our own uh, website called Bootleg Links. And <laughs> look, um, it, it, the fight wasn't worth thirty bucks, so you gotta find ways oh, around that. Yeah, you gotta find ways around that. And Did, let me ask, let me ask you this: Did you notice anything before the fight started? Did you notice anything? I noticed how big. Del, Jack Del Rio was, or however Jack Del Rio was, was a football player. Yeah, yeah, I know. He <laughs> was the Raiders the coach. Raiders. Yeah, you know what I mean. Del Rio. <laughs> I don't even know what his real name Alberto. is. Alberto. Alberto. Anyways, Alberto. Alberto. He was fucking huge. Yeah, he's he was huge. But Come he on. seemed physically a lot bigger than Tito. Oh, he's about six foot four. Yeah, and then then the, so. secondly, he almost threw Tito with that lateral drop to start off the fight. No, he did. It was it was a pretty good lateral drop. Nice. He just didn't follow through no. on it. And he allowed Tito to fucking pop up. I think I think he was surprised that he got that close to it. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he didn't know how to react. Like, oh shit, this this might have happened if I had not stopped. I mean, um, what what what, did, what was I supposed to see before the fight? Man, if you if you watched Alberto, he watched his hands. He's sitting there and he's moving. Oh, and he's, I did see his that. hand, and you go. Oh my God! You're scared. 
you are so nervous right now yeah. and his heart his heart rate had to be probably at 150 beats per minute in that moment the adrenaline was just flowing i go yeah. oh you're so you're so screwed i can't <laughs> imagine how fucking nervous he must have been when he faced murko Krokop when murko Krokop was fucking now lighting people on fire well actually murko at that time had only had like five mma fights when he fought dos carlos jr yeah with the mask but you know i went back and looked I went back and looked at Del Rio's record and you know he's got the you know they 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 had him at 9 and 5 okay if you go back and look he he fought a bunch of pro wrestlers all of his oh, fights are man. bullshit man wow I'm telling you I'm looking at him going oh, that's a bullshit fight that's a bullshit fight wow. and I'm like okay so and a lot of them are Mexican Mexico regional you know, it doesn't even say the show. You go, oh, man. No wonder you were scared. You hadn't even had those fights, man. He was, <laughs> fight, like, he was fighting in people's What did gyms. I get myself into? Yep. And Phil Smokers. Oh, this is Mex Mexico, Mexican regional. Oh, man, poor guy. Look, the one thing, though, when you're fighting Tito, you know you're not going to you're not gonna get knocked out on the feet as long as he wrestled a little bit. And, you know, you may get ground and pounded out. You know, yep. Tito, even Tito's ground and pound isn't like it used to be. Oh, um, no. you know, and um, I mean, the submission game was there for him, you know, and he, it, I mean, it was what it was. The fight that we thought it was going to be. It, it was it exactly was, what I thought. It was, it was everything. Be. It was everything we thought. Of. Is he going to do it again? Is Tito going to fight again? Uh, you know, it, it's funny because I saw I saw that thing with you know the whole TMZ and I'm thinking after I watched, you know, the fight. With John and, Jones, where he said he could beat John Jones. Yeah, well, yeah. Th that fight would be exactly yes in reverse if Tito fought John Jones. Tito, yeah, and you know, he's now forty-four Four, years old, forty-five. Yes, yeah, man, he's forty-four. Yeah, somewhere, you know, and it's uh, you know, he slowed down a lot. You know, he's still strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he didn't let go of the choke again. He pulled another one of the chails. He held on when mm -hmm. Jason told him to. Uh, let go he kept squeezing it's like Why? stop stop you know if you if you want to be that guy and you want to hurt someone then don't go after the submission yeah. but once you go after the choke and he taps let go damn it yeah you're acting you know you're being a douchebag yeah. don't do that that's so strange to me man and he's not tito is not a a, a mean guy he's no. not a bad guy he's a good guy yeah and it's, he lets sometimes that emotion i understood that chael got under his skin yeah you know, and, and Tito always looked at himself as the guy who kind of brought in trash talking into MMA. Really bad trash talking, but yeah. Wait, oh, okay, I agree with you there. Yeah. And then, you know, when he was going to face Chael, a guy who, all right, maybe he didn't bring it in, but trust me, he took it from you and he ran with it in a mm. distance that you couldn't keep up. And then when you had to face him in a fight and you have to go through that trash talk, he got to you. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame, you know, yeah. I don't blame you for being mad at him. So that one I can see. This one, I'm like, Tito, you knew going in that this guy had zero yeah. chance of beating you. Yeah. You know, stop. stop. Yeah. Just, you know, be, be a sportsman. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand that stuff. Like, to me, that's – I couldn't wait to let go of this mission because I was just like, thank God it was over. Like, I was – as I was – as the ref was stepping in, I was letting go because I was like so happy, <laughs> so happy this shit is done. I'm getting it's paid. Done. I don't I'm have getting to do any more, man. I'm getting my check. I'm taking a week yeah. off. You know, and that's. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good to hear Campbell McLaren, who's there, 
You know, Campbell is always talking about he's the co-founder of the UFC, which is not true, but okay. whatever someone wants to say. But I love the fact that he's a great fight, great fight. I'm like, I guess you were watching something I didn't watch, yeah. but all right, man. <laughs> I mean, really, honestly, what's next for him? What's next for Tito? If he fights again, what do you think? Who, what, why? Well, that's about it. Yeah. Who, who could you see you know, him fighting? You know, it has to be someone older. Or, you know, with not a lot of experience mm -hmm. as far as like, uh, you know, Rodriguez there. Mm. I just don't see there's, there's anybody out there that who it's like, you got to have people care. Mm -hmm. I just don't see no. that, that, that there, you know, it, it, if he walks away right now, he's walking away with what? Three, three wins in a row. Mm -hmm. You know, that's uh I, you know, Good time to walk away. I wouldn't mind seeing a Tito and Chael Sonnen rematch. <laughs> Either with Chael. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight again. I just feel like we didn't get the fight we did, we could have got. That was, you know. I would bet. I, I, okay, we, we got we got to bring this one, this one up with Chael. Yeah. I would bet even even the Anderson Silva first first fight at, at 117 that he ended up he he had that fight. He had won a bunch of 10-8 rounds in it. Minute 47 the championship was there. I bet if you took that fight and the Tito fight and said, all right, you can win one of them. <laughs> I think I, – <laughs> He's like – he'd say Tito. Tito. Oh, man. He hates him. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> so – Shit. I, I, saw that, I saw that he had tweeted out a bunch of stuff about – Oh, that fight's over. Oh, it hasn't started? It's over. <laughs> he just put all kinds of stuff about it. Yeah. Man, you know, I would have liked to have seen Rampage and Tito fight, but I know they're training partners, they're friends, or they were friends. I don't know how close they are now or what the deal is, but that was yeah. a f yeah, nothing. They were, you know, that when they first signed Tito at Beller, when Bjorn Rebney signed him, mm -hmm. that was the fight they tried to put together. Wow. Wow. Didn't happen. Of course not. No. Yeah. Um. What else? Do we... What do we have? Anything else? The upcoming 245 card. The what? The upcoming 245 card. Okay. UFC, Colby and Usman. Colby and Usman. You want me to translate that for you? I can do that. <laughs> yeah, I have it's no. The upcoming UFC <clears throat> 245, yeah. December 14th, Max Holloway against Volkanovski. That should be a good fight. That's going to be a good fight. That's a cool man. That should be a good fight. That card's stacked. Yeah. Oh, that could, that card has got some great fights on. That card, All right. That, so let let's talk about Usman versus Colby. Who do you got? Colby. Why? I got. You Col going with Colby? I'm going with Colby. <laughs> Tell me why. Um, because Dave it's the MAGA hat. No, Dave's from Scotland, <laughs> and he said that everyone from Scotland is a MAGA person. So I was like, you know what, Dave? <laughs> Dave, I'm gonna support your country before you know Trump buys it. Takes it over like Greenland, puts a fucking he tried, Trump he plaza tried that there with all the golf things. Yeah, no, I'm simply, honestly, like I just, I think the pace that Colby's gonna try to set will either backfire on him and he'll lose. But from what I understand, everyone that I've talked to have just said that Colby is it, the pace. Even at American Top Team, people that don't like him, they're like, yep. they're like his pace is just it's unreal. They're like, I don't understand nope. how. He doesn't or why. get tired. He's like, I don't get, I don't get it. I don't understand why. And I, we've seen in the past, Usman does tend to slow down because he, he's carrying a lot of muscle, man. He's carrying a lot of muscle. He's a big, he's a big kid. I, I didn't realize how big he was until I saw him. I think at Mohegan Sun, 
for a fight. He was there with Henry Hoof and a couple of the guys there were hitting pads, doing work. And I was like, dude, you're huge. You're a big. Oh, he's big. He's a big yeah. guy. I think he he'll. I think guy. he'll out wrestle Colby for the first. That's for the first that's two the rounds. Question. The first two rounds, I think he'll out wrestle Colby. But I think as if we get into the third, the fourth, and the fifth, Colby's going to turn it on. And I mean, when I turn it on, is he just going to stay busy in the first two rounds to yeah. to keep standing up or keep trying to get the takedown? Or he's going to keep making him work. And I think it's it's going to pay off. I think in the long run, it's going to pay off. I, I mean, kind of look at it the same way as you. I think that Usman is going to out wrestle Colby in the beginning. <clears throat> I think Colby does not is not going to get the, any takedowns on him. He's going to get stuffed. He's going to get kind of smashed down a little bit, and Usman's going to be on top. And he's just got to do exactly what you're saying. He's got and don't don't settle for positions. No. Make Usman work. Yep. Make him work to try to hold on to you. Make him work for the positions. Make him work in keeping you down. Everything that you do is about pushing that 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 level and that heart rate up. You do that, and you keep you know from him landing the big shot, which he doesn't really have that big shot. Nope. That, you know, you know, is the one shot thing to get rid of someone. He doesn't have the submission game to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. It's a matter of which guy's going to outlast the other, and. That cardio that Colby brings, man, it, mm -hmm. it's hard to deal with if you're not used to it. And that is that is a definite tactic. Mm -hmm. It is a skill set. It is something to have in your back pocket. And when you are the guy that can push the pace, a la Tony Ferguson, mm -hmm. a la Colby Covington, that's a definite tool to be used in a fight like this against Usman. Yeah, I want to take people back, like, way, way back, okay? And just want you guys to actually, if you guys have any interest in the old UFCs, go back and look at the Frank Shamrock-Tito Ortiz fight. And that's, <laughs> that's very similar, I think, how Colby needs to fight the fight. Like, I mean, I think, obviously, Colby's going to have a better chance of stopping takedowns. Frank knew I'm not going to stop his takedowns, I'm, but I'm going to make him work while I'm on my back, you know, from an attack submissions, I'm going to elbow punch. I'm going to do every little thing. He was cupping his ear and, like, slapping his ears, and he kept trying to get up, kept trying to get up, and you saw it had an effect in the fourth and the fifth round in, in that fight against uh, Tito. He just kind of wilted. Guys are obviously trading smarter and better than Tito was back then, but Frank was that guy that took it to the next level and how important conditioning and cardio was. And he learned a lot, I think, from the Jeremy Horn fight. When he realized, shit, I didn't train for this fight. <laughs> this kid, he can't beat me. You know what I mean? Like those things. But he learned a lot from that fight, and he took it into the Tito fight. Look, the bottom line is, is that if Colby fights a smart fight, doesn't take too much damage in the first two rounds, in the third, fourth, and fifth, I think if he continues to set that pace and just he has that break, that, break him down, yeah, break him down, and you know, and start threatening the takedowns. I think once Usman loses the takedown. It's gonna be a snowball effect, like because you know yeah. Usman's Usman's got a hundred percent takedown defense ratio in the in the UFC or in his fights. Yeah. So he's yeah. just if once he loses one, it'll just be a, a trickle down, just like oh shit, I'm starting to fall down. He's he's setting a pace I can't keep up with. It's a mental fuck. Right in the middle of the fight, it it's a mental fuck. So once he loses one takedown, and from what I understand, Kobe talks to you while he fights you, and he's telling you, and 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 I've from experience. When I fought KJ Noons, it was the most distracting thing I've ever had to deal with. Someone who wasn't like trying to, he was trying to knock my head off, but it almost felt like we was we were friends and he was trying to knock my head off. It was a really weird feeling when someone's talking to you and trying to hurt you. And it's like, but they're being nice about it. Those guys are not going to be nice about it. The other thing, the last thing I'm going to say, Usman 
in their interview after he won his last fight, in the interview, no, uh, not him, Colby won the fight against Lawler, and they brought him up to do the interview, and Usman was at the table. Usman does not have it in him to control himself. His oh, the temper. The temper. I know. He's that, letting that, this get into him, and that's worked, him. That's going to work against him. I agree. That it's the it's my when I look at the difference in the two guys, I worry about Usman yep. in the fact that he is not going to be able to control the temper. He's going to allow himself to be mad. That's going to burn energy. That's going to be make him do things that are going to be a mistake somewhere in the fight. Yep. And psychology is a big part of fighting. That's yep. why you know, look, Conor McGregor does what he does for reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, and he'll put I, the, one of the things I really enjoyed about Connor when he would do his trash talk is he always threw out things that were truthful. He would talk about little elements mm-hmm. of that fighter's skill set and say something about it, but it was always, "Yep, you see it." Mm-hmm. You know, and it's that is that's a tool because you're getting under their skin, you're making them mad, you're making them want to hurt you, and a lot of people will get this idea that. Why would you want him to be mad at you and, and want to hurt you? It's like, you're in a fight anyways. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If they're mad, they usually don't fight as well. Yep. A thinking fighter is a dangerous fighter. Mm-hmm. A mad fighter, that's not a problem. Dave seems like he wants to say something. Oh, no, I, I, I wasn't going to say it, but I wasn't going to say anything, but I just I find it interesting that how some other records are. that They both lost by submission, um, and they both have 15 wins, um, but Kobe went, has won most by... KO and Usman's won most. Uh, sorry, by submission, Usman's won uh, most by knockout, and they both had eight decision wins. So I just it's interesting how some other records are. Like I think it makes yeah. the fight that much more exciting. Like just, just. Yeah, but when you're looking at that Usman's record, you're seeing knockouts. Most of those are TKOs. Yeah, yeah. And that is ground and pound that he's mm-hmm. just been hitting someone, and the referee comes in and finally says you're not defending yourself in an intelligent fashion, yeah. and they stop the fight. He doesn't knock people out with shots that, oh, they're done. They can't continue. But neither does Colby. So, no, Colby <laughs> no, doesn't have that kind no, of power. He, he doesn't. He just doesn't. Uh, you know, yeah. Colby, it's similar to what you're talking about. You know, when, when Frank fought Tito at UFC 22, I, I have a distinct memory of that fight in that at the end of every round with 30 seconds left, Frank would be, you know, on his back, and Maurice Smith would yell out, Frank, 30 seconds. And Frank would just explode, trying to stand up, trying to create movement, making Tito have to work hard to hold him down, have to work hard to try to stop what he's doing. And he would just bump and elevate Tito's heart rate another 10, 15 beats in that last 30 seconds. So when now the round ends and he goes back to his corner, his heart rate isn't going to drop as far because it's elevated. Mm-hmm. And he he did it for the first, second, third, and then he finished him in the fourth yeah. round. Yeah. But it was a tactic in that if you know that you're in great cardiovascular condition and that you can push on that gas pedal more than your opponent, it's a skill set. Yeah. So Frank and I used to have this conversation all the time. You don't you don't realize you're tired. You don't realize you're tired until you stop. 
So whatever, <laughs> when you're training, right, you're grappling, you're like, oh, sure, I'm sure you're kind, of, you're kind of feeling like I should stop, but you don't, I don't stop, but you keep going. Just keep going. As soon as you stop, you're like, fuck, I'm <laughs> tired. So yeah. what, Tito, when you're talking about that, it's exactly how Frank and I had always talked about training, and is in that fight, push him, push him, push him. He, as soon as he stops and the round's done, he's going to be like, oh, shit, I'm super tired. Tito walked back to his corner just breathing heavy and that's exactly how kobe i think needs to fight usman making sure not not that way but i'm saying like pushing the pace pushing the pace, especially in the last 30 to 40 seconds so he gets back to his corner thinking shit man i'm super tired and the whole round that whole minute rest he's spending wondering in his mind can i keep this up for three or four you know or two more rounds or one more round that's a lot it's a lot of pressure on someone's mind especially if he loses the takedown, and I, I, I truly believe this, wrestlers are, they can become mental midgets right away when there's something they do so well. Gets, no one takes them down. And gets turned against them. It's like, yeah. shit, Koscheck, Koscheck used to tell us before he fought GSP, that fucking guy ain't taking me down. That guy, no way, you can't teach, you can't teach a grown man how to wrestle. There's no fucking way he's taking me down. He took Koscheck down at will. It was like... <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I still I still have a picture of Koscheck against St. Pierre, their first fight. And it was I refereed that one. And Koscheck has got a double leg where his arms are sweeping up. And St. Pierre is about five feet off of the ground, horizontal, with one leg up in the air, one leg kind of pointed down, and his body is horizontal to the canvas. And you go. There's no way in the world he didn't hit the canvas, and he never hit the canvas. Wow. Yeah, and you look and you go, God damn. Because Josh has got him, and he's running him, turning the corner on it, set up, and GSP never even touched the ground on that one. You go, oh, man. The most. He could wrestle. The most uh, impressive takedown defense I had ever seen was him against Matt Hughes in their second fight, I believe it was in Sacramento. And yep. Matt was in so deep, and GSP had a wizard, I think, on the left side. And in midair, Matt with Turned the change direction, and he switched to a wizard on the other side and, yep. and wizarded him down, belly down, and escaped. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, I was like, this fight is not that's going about what I was. That's about what I was thinking while I was refing yeah. it. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. I was, like, yeah. I was like, I can't believe this just happened. This is insane. Because oh, yeah. Matt had him up in the air, and he changed oh, yeah. direction in the air, and just I was, I was, I was thoroughly impressed. GSP, I got to tell you, man, like, yeah, he, he to, me is the, to me is the GOAT. You know, have him as the goat, and then and so on on the trickle down stuff. But for me, I feel like it's it's him. You know, we'll see how Khabib ends his career. But um, what else? Possibly. Well, let's talk. Uh, so, what's your favorite fight on that card? On the one coming up, the Colby Covington and, and Usman card. Uh, I gotta say that, I, although I think Colby and Usman is a good fight, and it's got you know it's got some good tension behind it. Mm-hmm. I really want to see that Holloway Volkanovski fight. Okay, that is a freaking barn burner. I also I I want to see Amanda Nunez. That's the fight I want. And Jermaine Duranami. That, that one I'm very interested in because I was there for their first fight, and Jermaine uh, is a completely different fighter now. Jermaine, I I don't. I, I just don't know if people understand exactly who Jermaine is and what she's done because mm-hmm. she is, she's called the iron lady for a reason and she, and she can fight. Yeah. She always, she was always great in the standup, never had a ground game, 
That's how Amanda beat her the first time, took her down right away. But she is not an easy person to take down at this point of her career. Mm-hmm. She's got good wrestling defense. She's learned how to defend. She knows how to use the cage. She knows how to get up. So that's a great fight. But I still think that that holloway Volkanovski fight, I just look at it and it, it gives me a almost like an indication of Pitbull against Holloway. Okay. That's that's one of the reasons I really like it. And I think Volkanovski is just, there's something about him, the way he can accept damage, how strong he is, the power that he brings because he's heavy-handed in both. Hey, this is going to be a hard fight for Holloway. This is going to be a this is going to be one he's going to really show who he is and how smart he is in utilizing his footwork to get him in and out on situations because I don't think that he can stand with Volkanovski throwing punch for punch. He's going to lose that fight. He can definitely win the fight in the stand up by fighting a smart fight by being the tactical guy, mm-hmm. but that's going to be a great fight. Yeah, I'm more looking towards the Jermaine fight. Trained with her for a couple of years, about three, three, four years. She was at AKA. Um, <clears throat> she's a I, sweetheart. Yeah, absolute sweetheart. Cornered her she a bunch is. of times against some girls. And so is Amanda. You know, she, Amanda's just a great girl. She is. I just, I, I'm more like a, I'm a homer with uh, uh, Jermaine. But the, <laughs> look, I have to be honest, man. I'm being honest to you guys. You yeah, guys should know this. You guys should know this. Like, um, I just... I feel she has. She's always had all the tools. If you guys haven't seen the video, there's a video of her on YouTube. She's actually uh, fighting a guy, and she knocks him out, and that's just a fucking amazing fight. I'm just like, wow, this is insane. And um, and I've trained with her. She actually literally fucking spinning back kicked me right in the face as I went to shoot in on her. Almost, almost <laughs> like stopped me dead in my tracks. I was, and I was like, she came in on my fifth round. I was getting ready for Gil. I think the second fight or third fight or something like that. She fucking spinning back, kicking me in the face. I was so mad at her. I was like, <laughs> "Fucking, you gotta be kidding me!" I'm. I had already trained like one round with Fitch, one round with Cost, one round. I was just so mad. I'm like, "You fucking." I picked her up and slammed her and just held her down to the ground for the whole rest of the round. I was so mad. I wanted to just kill her. But anyways. <laughs> I think I think her strengths are if she can get her in if she's it ends up being forced into the clinch. She's got great knees, great elbows. Yep. She's a good she got great she fr- clinch. She really frames well. Yeah, she does frame well. She just does it though sometimes with her back to the fence. I would prefer she switches it, puts Amanda's back to the fence, but that's gonna be hard because Amanda's strong as hell. You oh know? yeah. So I, I would like to see her utilize her push kick a little bit more to keep Amanda um honest without you know lunging in with the big shots guys will tend or people will tend to to pick and choose their shots more if you're throwing that heavy that that little tip kick or uh machita type toe kick to the belly every time you try to lunge in and that toe kick comes in i'd like to see um jermaine use that as far as amanda realistically if she swarms her with big shots make try to get the easy takedown i think she has a good chance of winning you know, if she swarms her with big shots, make Jermaine try to fight going backwards and then scoop the legs, get the takedown, dominate the top position. I, I do agree with you. Her wrestling has gotten better. I don't know if her grappling has gotten better. There's a difference, you know. There's there's no doubt if if they end up on the ground and Amanda's on top, yeah. Jermaine's in trouble. Yeah. She doesn't have the ground game to stay, especially with Amanda being in the top position. Yeah. Jermaine can do ground and pound against Amanda if she's got Amanda's back to the ground. Mm-hmm. She'll be all right. 
she's she's okay with her submission defense that way but if she's got amanda on top of her that is the one place she cannot be in this fight what is your take you think amanda is high off the cyborg fight and just like hey i can stand with anyone i can do this that could get her in trouble well everything is dependent upon who you're fighting. And mm-hmm. I thought in her last fight against Holly, who is a great stand-up fighter, mm-hmm. Holly yeah. Holmes is, she's dynamite. She's very elusive because she moves so much. She's yeah. hard, you know, to catch. And, and Amanda caught her with that kick and ended up, you know, ending the fight there. But I was very impressed with the fact that coming off of that win against Cyborg, Amanda seemed to me that she was relaxed and allowing the fight to just happen. Mm-hmm. She wasn't forcing it. And that's that's saying a lot because a lot of times when you have that fast win like she got against Cyborg, you and she had, you know, she had the, the big fast win against Ronda and she has all these, you know, wins coming, you know, boom 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 in in grand fashion. You almost say, I, I got to make that happen again. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't see it. it. It happened fairly fast, but I didn't see her pushing that fight. Didn't see her overextending in it. And so she has shown me that she has really matured mm-hmm. as a fighter. You know, she's, you, you take a look at the losses she's had. And, you know, and I, I did, you know, one of those. And she had a loss against uh, Kat Zingano, I think is her last loss. Yeah. But she's learned from those she's a completely different fighter now as far as her confidence level she was that fast twitch muscle fiber you know fighter that she was super strong super explosive but tried to end the fight all the time by throwing really heavy shots and she would get tired yeah and now she's just she's picking her shots she's not always trying to hit you with everything she has she just is touching you and then every now and then she cracks one in. She's a different fighter now, now than she was a couple of years ago as far as just the maturity she shows as the champ, you know, as the double champ. She's she's fantastic. And I don't think that the stand-up is in her favor in this fight, no matter what. I think Jermaine is technically still a better stand-up fighter than Amanda. Yeah. I think Amanda is technically a better MMA fighter yeah. than Jermaine. So it just depends on where, what fight Amanda brings. Is If she if she brings this stand-up game, she's giving Jermaine a very good chance of beating her. You brought up if the, she brings her MMA game, I think it's her fight. You brought up the MM, you brought up the Holly Holm fight, and I went back and actually just saw uh, clips of that just recently. And... You could tell from the one of the very first exchanges that Holly was afraid to get hit by her because she had got hit, and you could tell there was like a, Holly's leg like went a little stiff, and she backed away like, "Holy shit, you hit a lot harder than I've been hitting with in a long time." And it was very, it was very telling, and you could just see. I think Amanda just settled in like, "I can beat this girl on the feet," you know. And so that, but I don't think she can get away with that with Jermaine. Like it, no, yeah, I don't either. You know, don't get me wrong. Jermaine doesn't like to be hit, but Jermaine will stand in the pocket and just fucking throw down with you. You know, yeah. if you're gonna do that, now I have to agree with you 100 on the whole ordeal with the um, 
if she makes it an MMA fight, it changes the dynamic of how this fight will go. She doesn't yep. have to force the takedown. She doesn't have no. to like, she, but she needs to do is at least threaten it a little bit. Commit to it. Commit to it. Make it look like you're trying to sell it or get to it. And if it's not there, it's not there. Come back. Just let her know feet. it's going to be there. Yeah, it's there. Whenever you think you're going to throw dogs with me, you're going to get in the center of the cage and we're going to throw it out. Guess what? I'm going to try to maybe threaten that takedown. So that's going to make her one step, make Jermaine one step slower on letting yep. her hands go, which will open up her hands as well as her takedown. So I think if she does use MMA, she has a good chance of beating Jermaine. <clears throat> I think Jermaine needs to, um, she, like I said, utilize that push kick keeper at the long range, you know, whatever, this little sidekick, maybe even the John Jones sidekick to the thigh, those kind of things. That'll take a lot of the steam and the power off of the um, – off the punches and i've said this forever is pushing people guys girls whatever whoever you're competing against if they've got big power press them to the fence grind them out put it get heavy on them make them pummel and use their arms more so when you guys do break it takes a little bit of steam and speed and, and explosion off of those punches so you can see them coming a little bit more just my or thoughts. even even if in this stand-up as you know jermaine is good with her kicks hey yeah. Every time, hit that right arm. Yes. Hit it. Hit it. Just hit. Yeah. Don't even worry about it being blocked. Just keep yeah. on touching it because then when she goes to throw it, it just doesn't have that same steam on it. Yep. Yep. I agree. It gets heavy. I agree. What? Are, there's two other fights. I know that Uriah is fighting, fighting Peter Yan. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. Ooh, that's not a not good a one. good fight for Uriah. I'm sorry. No. no. And did they guarantee him a title fight after that if he wins? Because that's <laughs> the only reason why I could see him taking that fucking fight. Man, Peter Yan. I, I did good. his fights in Russia. Oh, that dude is good everywhere. Now, he's he may good. not be a submission guy, but he can wrestle. Yeah. He's got submission, and his stand-up is nasty. He's a fucking savage when it comes to going after you, and he will attack you in all different ranges. That dude is good, and yeah. Uriah is a great fighter, and he's still got some speed. He doesn't have enough for uh, Peter Young. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's going to be a tough it's, fight, man. I hate seeing guys. I've always hated seeing older guys start fighting guys that are like right there at their peak. And I'm like, ah, oh, I don't know, man. But hey, you get a win over him right to the title, I would imagine. I, can't, I mean, he, what's Peter Yon's ranked what? Three, four? I don't know where he's. He's somewhere in that like three, four category, I believe. He's up there. Everyone also said the same with that uh, Ricky Simon guy that he fought, though. And, uh... Ricky Simon's not even ranked, though. No, he was knocking fools out. Well, you got a lot. Oh, you talk, Rick, you talk about Ricky Uriah Simone. beating Ricky? Yeah. So, yeah. Ricky's, yeah. Ricky Simone? No, I mean, not, Ricky not just, even close. Rick, Ricky just fought last night against mm -hmm. Rob Font and had a really, you know, a <clears> tough gutty throw. performance. Mm -hmm. Gutty performance, man. You know, he took up some big shots, put, you know, Rob on his butt a lot, which is not, you know, not easy to do all the time. His wrestling's gotten better, but... You cannot compare no. Peter Yan no. and Ricky Simon. I'm sorry. No. He's number four. They're right? just on he's two different four. levels. Yeah, he's ranked number four right now, Peter Yan. Yeah, well, that's just because he <clears throat> hasn't been there very long. Who's, um, who's the, there was one other fight on there, isn't there? Uh, Jose Aldo and Marlon Moraes. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's the one that I see. And I know <sighs> all the stuff's coming out and the whole thing of, uh, I love all the reports of, you know, Aldo is, you know, going down to 135, and he's faster than he was before, <laughs> stronger, and you go, sorry, no. Okay, you don't get faster going down in weight. I'm sorry. Those guys are faster than you. Mm -hmm. And second, you don't get stronger losing weight. Mm -hmm. doesn't happen. 
Now, I'm not saying he's not a great fighter. He's a great fighter. But Marais is huge at 135. Yeah. He's used to making 135. Aldo used to have a problem making 145. 45. Okay. He's been eating supposedly a bunch of salads, and, you know, that's great. But salads don't do anything for uh, nutrition-wise. And when you're breaking your body down, it's just not a good thing mm -hmm. as you get as you become an older fighter. Yeah. Going down in weight always seems like, oh, this is a good idea, and it's not always a good idea. Nope. Nope. I mean, even when you're not an older fighter, <clears throat> we saw that with TJ Dillashaw going down to fight Henry Cejudo. It's just too much. It's too much it, of a weight cut. It takes an effect on you, man. man. And you, you think, I'm, I'm good. You're, you're not. You're, mm. Your body absolutely responds to that lack of nutrition. Yeah. You have to cut so much out. You have to do so many things extra that the rest, which is a huge part of your training camp, is getting proper rest. You don't get to rest when you should because you need to go burn more calories and start running more or doing yeah. these things while you're taking in less nutrition. It's just the entire process is bad. And as you become an older fighter, it just is extra bad. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I, I want to see Jose. I like uh, Marias a lot. He's a super nice guy, man. Great guy. Um, but I like to see legends continue their legend streak, you know? And to me, Jose Aldo's like, he's up there, man. He's, oh, he's, he's up there. I, lo I love the fact when people say, and again, no disrespect, I love Max Holloway. Mm -hmm. I think he's phenomenal. But it, it, I want you to go back. How long was Jose Aldo the champion either from the WEC or yeah. into the UFC? And people say, oh, you know, Max is the greatest no. you know, featherweight of all time. Man, are you forgetting what this guy yeah. did for how long? Yeah. Uh, we were having that same conversation off air about when Dana comes out and says, Amanda Nunes is the GOAT. I'm like, no, no, are you kidding <laughs> no. me? Are you, it's not even fucking close not right yet. now. Cyborg not was yet. undefeated for 12 years or some some astronomical amount of years. I think Jose Aldo was undefeated for like 10 years. 10 years. And lost in like 10 years. There's, yeah. there's just no way, man. You cannot you cannot compare. Sure, they be able to beat this guy or this girl because... Yeah, it catch, times change. Father time catches up time, with you. Father time's undefeated. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I. I just look at that and it's like, you know, don't forget who Jose Aldo was, and yeah. and that's that's part of my problem. I want to see him do well. Yeah, I just worry about him going down to that one thirty five because he hasn't done that cut yet, mm -hmm. and it's gonna be nasty. Mm. It is not gonna be a fun time for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna suck, man. I hate to see it, but I think Marlon Marais potentially gets him out of there in the in the first, second round. First, early second. Yeah. I just don't I don't see him having the conditioning. I don't think he has the fluid in his brain to take a clean shot from him. We saw it with Not at one thirty five. We I saw it's gonna be bad. Yeah, we saw it with T J Dillashaw. As soon as he got touched, grazed, everything just done. It's like you're just you're taking too much fluid out of your body. You're you're like you had said before, your brain is in fluid, and you start getting that fluid out of your body, and you getting it. It's just not there, man. It's not there. You get touched a little bit and graze. It's over. Lights out. That's Damn. it. Damn. Um, what other fight? Everything else? That's it. That's it. I think right. That's the main card. That's the main card. Was there? What? I don't know who's on the undercard. Anybody on the undercard that we should talk uh, about? Mike Perry and Jeff Newell are the prelim <laughs> uh, main event. Mike Perry and who? Jeff Newell. 
I don't know who that is. Um, he's Jeff Neal. Twi- Neil. Neil. Jeff he's, Neil. He's twelve Jeff and Neil, one. Yeah, pretty good. He's good. Uh, yeah. Is he? Yeah, really I, good. I, like, I'm not. I'm not overly impressed with Mike Perry. He's fun as fuck to watch. Oh, <laughs> he's fun to watch. He's so fun to watch. Yeah, I'm, he is. I'm just not it's crazy. Yeah, I'm not overly impressed. Um, well, he's got some dogs. He's, he's got some. He's got hands. dogs. Yeah, he's got, he's got heart. Yeah, he does. Yep. He will throw down. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like, I love his attitude when it comes to, hey, let's just, we're going to fight. You know, and he, he tries to make it a dog fight every mm-hmm. time because that's his style. That's what's yeah. going to lead him, you know, into a win. He's not going to beat the technical guys. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a brawler. Mm-hmm. We saw that with Cowboy. Yeah. yeah. A little bit, a little bit of jitsu, a little bit of grappling and, oof. Oh, yeah. come on. Go back to that cowboy and that arm bar. Yeah. Mike turned the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, made, he made that arm bar worse. Be, I was like, oh, that's bad. You know what the funniest part that when you just said he turned the wrong way, it gave me flashbacks of Frank Shamrock. Frank, he could never remember which way to turn when he was in a triangle. So he would always <laughs> make it tighter every time because he would overthink it. He's get puts in a triangle. And he would turn the wrong way, and he'd be like, "Whoop! That was the wrong way! Shit!" It oh, fucking it was hilarious. Just I, if people knew that about him, they probably would have just shot nothing but triangles <laughs> on him. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. All right, my man. Well, hey, let's wrap this up. Uh, happy, good. happy Sunday evening. Good stuff. Um, you know, throughout the week, I think this will drop this show to late tonight, hopefully, or tomorrow, something like that, and then we'll go from there, man. Okay. Good. And then uh, we have we're both gone next week. So should we try to cram one in this week? Yeah, absolutely. I think we should. And then I've already we've already talked in stage with some of the Bellator guys about us doing uh, some stuff there, potentially maybe on the beach, you know, and doing a couple interviews with the fighters for the open workouts, those kind of things. So if you guys get an opportunity and chance, we're gonna try to get some video footage of us interviewing all the the fights, the fighters for uh, Bellator Hawaii. Cannot fucking wait. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. All right, my man. Chat later. Talk to you later. Have a good night. Later, bud. All right, man. Bye.